many people have some Thanksgiving turkey pants that you, uh, you know, the stretchy ones? So last night, I love turkey dinners. I love Thanksgiving. Uh, last night, I was at Sue Ketty's Thanksgiving. If anybody knows Sue Ketty, who does our ladies' speech group, she is like, whatever, if, if she's having 40 people over, she plans for 80. If she's having 20, she plans for 60 people over. It's just like, she just has like gobs and gobs of food and, and oh my goodness, I ate a lot. Not as much as Frank ate, because Frank was there, but I ate a lot. And, <laughs> and I just love Thanksgiving. I love, uh, you know, turkey. I love the time of year. And I like the idea that it focuses us on being thankful a little bit. We've been talking the last few weeks. We did a little series, and we're starting a new one next week. But we've done a little quick series just on stewarding life well. And how do we uh, in life use our time, our talent, our treasure well? The things that, you know, we all have a, a degree of. And how do we use those well? And, and what's in our hand? How do we use it well? Well, before we get into it this morning, and we're going to look at kind of what God's put into our hands and how we, we steward our treasure well. But before we do, uh, it's Thanksgiving. So I thought we'd get you talking at your tables a little bit. And we're going to do a bit of a Thanksgiving quiz. So... Move with the person that looks like the biggest turkey in the room, and uh, we'll do our Thanksgiving quiz, okay? Um, okay, number one. The name turkey was given by Christopher Columbus uh, from the Tamil tuka, meaning what? Funny one, peacock bird, fall bird, thanks, or long chin? What was the original uh, word tuka, which is turkey? What is that from, the root? Okay, in North America, how many pounds of turkey were processed last year? 15 million, 63 million, 108, 1.7, or 2.7 billion pounds of turkey? A lot of turkey. Okay, what year did Canada decide to make Thanksgiving a national holiday? For all those uh, historians of Canada. And next one, the largest pumpkin on record is how big? 691, 917, 1140, 1430. And next one, true or false, domesticated turkeys can fly. Domesticated turkeys can fly. And next one, these two towns in Ontario have country fairs every year at Thanksgiving. What two towns are they? Rockton and Burford, Bothwell and Grimsby, Smithville and Port Dover, Bolton and Rockton, Sarnia and Stouffville. And last but not least question, the harbor, the Mayflower landed. I know this is a bit of an American question, but uh, what was the harbor for, thank we talk around Thanksgiving, what was the harbor that the Mayflower landed at? Was it New York, Cape Hatteras, White Dover, Plymouth Rock? What was that harbor? Okay, back up to the top, see you did on a little turkey quiz, okay. The root meaning of turkey, Christopher Columbus, when he first saw turkey, he called it tuka, which means type of peacock, peacock bird, B. Um, in North America, how many pounds of turkey were processed last year? We eat a lot of turkey. 2.7 billion pounds worth of turkey in North America. Mmm, turkey. Okay, what year did Canada decide to make it a national holiday? 
it was actually 1879, 1879. We were early adopters to the idea of Thanksgiving and turkey eating. Okay, uh, largest pumpkin on record. Now I tried to grow one of these giant pumpkins uh, a few different years, and we actually went and bought the giant pumpkin seeds, which were like super expensive for like just a few. And we did not get to the giant pumpkin stage. We got one about this big, but that's, it was supposed to be this big. Uh, the biggest pumpkin on record, 1140 pounds. And next one, domesticated turkeys can fly. That is false, actually. Wild turkeys can fly, but domesticated turkeys, uh, not really. And two towns in Ontario that have country fairs, Rockton and Burford, so you can find your country fair. It's actually, Rockton Fair is a world's fair, so it's not just a county fair, it's like a world's fair. And uh, you gotta make sure you check it out sometime this weekend. Uh, name the harbor that the Mayfair landed at. It is Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock. And so, uh, tally up your score. Uh, see how you did our little Thanksgiving quiz. How many people got at least two, three, four, five? Give it up for the table at the back. The, oh, sorry, you guys too. The biggest turkeys of the whole uh, bunch this morning. We're talking this morning about stewarding our treasure and stewarding what God's put into our hands. Uh, just before we look into scripture, I want to ask this question at your table. How, what are some benefits of living thankful lives? We're talking about Thanksgiving and, and you, know, it's, you know, everyone would probably say, yeah, it's a good thing to be thankful. But what is actually tangible, practical outcomes of living thankful lives? Talk about it at your tables for a second, or you will. Living thankful lives, it's one of those things that we often, um, everyone would say, yeah, yeah, it's important, but how often do we actually live with a heart of thanksgiving? You know, I love being around people that are thankful people. It's just so refreshing. When you're around people that are uh, entitled and, you know, they demand and, and never content, it's always kind of, you know, they're always looking on to the next. It, you know, it feels like everything in life is a stepping stone and, and a reaching and and there's always kind of this, this discontentment around. And it, and it actually, uh, if, I don't know, maybe not for you, but for me, it's like, oh, it just drains me being around people like that. But people that are thankful, oh, it's a different story. What does it mean to live with Thanksgiving when it comes to, we've talked about the question around what's in your hand. 
And this is a question that God asked many of his leaders throughout scripture. And we've had this, this question a number of times. Uh, what's in your hand and, and how do we live with the thanksgiving of what God's put into our hand? How do we live with a, with a heart that's thankful for what God's entrusted to us? We, we talked about the different areas. So we talked about time and how uh, we looked at Moses' life and he was so busy and, and Jethro had to come to him and said, Moses, you're doing something stupid here. And how in our lives, we need to learn to say no to certain things so that we can say yes to others. Because everything we say yes to, we're actually saying no to something else. And, and each of us, no matter how wealthy we are, no matter how young we are or old we are, we all have 86,000 seconds every day. We choose to invest or we choose to spend. What are you doing with your time in your hand? We looked at last week, or two weeks ago, before uh, we had Robin and Lift Church here last week, but, but we looked at the idea of what are you doing with the talent that God's entrusted to you? And we looked at actually Moses' life again, and God spoke to him and said, Moses, what are you doing? Like, and spoke to him from the burning bush moment and talked about you know, this, this pushing forward in his leadership gifting and talent that he, he was kind of squandering his talents and giftings. And he uttered back to God, well, God, I, I can't speak well. And God says, who are you to decide what you can and can't do? I've entrusted it to you. What are you doing with the talents that God's entrusted to you? The time, the talent, and then finally, what are you doing with the treasure? What are you doing with the gifts that God's put into your hands and, and, and the treasure that he's put into you? If you have your Bibles, uh, I'd love for you to turn Matthew chapter 25. We read the story of the parable of the talents. Pretty, pretty famous story. And Jesus is speaking here, and he's talking about what's entrusted and in, in, in the treasure that's been entrusted to you. And so he gives this story, and uh, he uses the idea of a talent. Now, we can get a little messed up on this because he's not speaking of like talents like, hey, I can golf or fish or do something. He's speaking of financial terms of measurement here. And, and so he speaks of a manager, and he comes to a servant. Now, a servant who would have none, none of his own possession or, or no wealth of his own, and he comes to the servant, and he has three servants. And so he comes to the first one, and he said, okay, Here's the deal. I'm going to give you five talents. Now, a talent was equal to a wealthy person's probably a year's worth of salary or, or even greater. And so we're talking like a big sum of money. Like if someone came, wrote you a check for somebody that had a good earning job of five years of their salary before taxes, that'd be a lot of money. That'd be a huge investment into your life. This is like massive. And for a servant, this means even an extra amount because the servant's never had like a lot of finance. So he comes to them with these five talents and, and, and pounds and pounds worth of gold. And he comes to him and he says, here you go. Be faithful to this while I'm gone. To the next one, he comes and he gives two to them. And he says, here, I want you to take these two talents and I want you to use them like, this is life-changing. This is overwhelming. This is hard to even comprehend. Now, to the third guy, he comes and he says, here's one. One. Now, it said that the one with five put his talents to work, put the money to work, and he got, he, he got resourceful, and he got busy, and he started investing, and 
and working and, and I don't know, it doesn't mention what he did with the money or what he did as a kind of entrepreneurial approach, but he did something with it. And then the next guy with two, he did the same, but said that the guy with the, the one, he was so worried about the one, he was so worried and looking at what he had and, and stressed about it that he said that he actually went, dug a hole, put the talent in, buried it. And the manager comes back and the manager says, okay, what did you do? What did you do with the great amount of resource that I gave you? The life-changing amount of resource. The huge gift into your hand. What did you do with it? And the first gentleman comes with the five. And he said, Master, I, I put it to work. And he said, I took the five. And I turned the five into ten. And what does the Lord say to him? Well done. Well done. Fantastic job. Great job. Well done. Now it says, come and share in the master's happiness. What a great, great reward. And then the one who had two, he comes and, and the Lord says, okay, what'd you do with what's entrusted into you? And, and he said, Lord, I, I put it to work and, and I was trying to be faithful and, and I turned the two, I turned it into four. And the Lord speaks to him and says, fantastic. Well done. Great stuff. And so then the one who had won, he turns to him and he says, okay, what'd you do? And his response is so different. And he comes back to the Lord and he says, listen, I, I, I thought you were a hard master and I was afraid. I was nervous with the one and I didn't, you know, I only had one. So instead of doing anything, I, I dug a hole, I buried it, and I put it in the hole. And the Lord's pretty hard on him. The master here says, you wicked and lazy servant. And he takes the one that he has. And we, we hate this story in some ways because we're Canadians. We all want to be fair all the time. You know, it's like everything's, you know, in my house growing up, you know, when we had pop, it was like all four kids, one poured, and then the one who didn't pour got the pick. You know what I mean? Everything had to be equal, like right down to the drop, you know? We hate if stuff's not equal. We just, it just drives us nuts, right? And it's interesting that the Lord says, here, I want you to take the one that you have, and he gives it to the guy with ten. And for us, we say, oh, seriously? Like, how fair is that? How, how fair is that? Like, seriously, he already has 10, and now you've given him 11? What's the deal with this story? See, we live in a world that we say, oh, I want it to be fair, but we really don't. Because if it was fair, then a lot of the things that we have in our hand would be distributed to other parts of the world. And we would not have nearly as much in our hand as we do. Ask the question, what's in your hand? Are you faithful with what God's entrusted to you? Are you faithful with, with what God's put into your hands? Do you, how do you see it? How do you look at what God's put into you? How do you value the treasure that's there? Deuteronomy 8, verse 17 and 18, you say to yourself, by my power, my strength, my hands have produced this wealth for me. That's our society right there. Oh, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I, I earned this living. I worked hard. I Look what I've accumulated. 
And then it says, but the Lord your God is he who gave you the ability to produce wealth and confirms his covenant to you today. Understand the first bit is that God is the one who's put the treasure into your hands. Understand today that it's God who, who's given you the gifts into your hands. See them as gifts into your hands. Ecclesiastes 5.19 says, When God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables them to enjoy them, this is a gift from God. When you begin to understand, wow, God, you have blessed me. God, I am thankful. Woo! I'm blessed. This is a gift of God to be able to kind of process. Luke 12, uh, 48 says, From everyone who has been given much, this is probably, I think, in all of Scripture, one of the scariest verses. This is probably one of the most sobering verses for me in all of Scripture. From everyone who has been given much, much more will be demanded. That's a hard word. See, I like much more will be, you know, encouraged challenged, demanded. And you know, I look at my life and I say, okay, God, you've given me a lot. God, I've been given a lot of treasure into these hands. I am blessed beyond what I deserve by a lot. I'm disproportionately blessed and therefore there's this sobering reality that those who have been given much, much more is going to be demanded. So how do I see the treasure in my hands? How do I look at the gift of God and understand that it is, in fact, the gift of God in my hands? How do I process, and and whether I'm a a five-talent person in this room or whether I'm a two-talent or whether I'm a one-talent person in this room, whatever, (coughs) excuse me, whatever degree God's blessed me with, how do I begin to respond and react to what's been entrusted into my hands. I want to give you four things real quick this morning to maximize your treasure, to maximize the gift in your hand. And you know what? This is good of any gift that's put into your hand, whether it's, you know, anything that God's put in or whether it's just somebody giving you a gift. This is just a good uh, maximizing the treasure that's put into your hand. How do we maximize the treasure? Uh, first one is, I'm going to give you a little acronym. I know it's cheesy, but you're used to me. The first one is give thanks. I'm going to use the word gift. You got to give thanks. You ever given a gift to somebody and they just like, uh, you know, my dad used to say, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but like don't kick a gift horse in the mouth or whatever, you know. It's one of those farmery type sayings. And, and, and he's talking about the idea of always being thankful for what's been given to you. What's uh, been entrusted to you? And you see different approaches here. The person with one, he wasn't very thankful. All of a sudden, he looked at it and said, oh. He saw the gift as a burden. He saw the gift actually not as a blessing, but as, as, as this yoke to bear in his life. And how do you see the God-given gift into your life? What God's entrusted into you, do you see it as a burden? Oh. You know, my kids are into Weird Al Yankovic. I don't know if you ever listen to Weird Al Yankovic. I'm not necessarily recommending it. But they love, you know, his parody on songs. And his latest album had this song. It was called First World Problems. And my kids are listening and laughing. And, and as, it, as I was listening to this song, it, like, struck me how, you know, when you go for your Starbucks and they don't, like, make the nice 
foamy heart for your latte, first world problems. You know, when you have to wait in line an extra four minutes for the buffet, first world problems. Do we give thanks? Do we see what God's entrusted into us and are actually thankful? A couple years ago, I was at, we were helping uh, one of the Christmas uh, things that we do here, and we were uh, getting toys ready for a, a downtown uh, mission. And, and so there was a bunch of people, might have been some of you in this room, in, the, in that room, and we were wrapping some of the presents. And I remember someone that was from our church, and they didn't have a lot of means. They didn't have, they were like a one-talent person, if you will. They didn't have a lot. And they'd sacrificed to buy some things, and I remember them there. And there was, and you're always going to have people like this, right? And there was someone that came in, they were like, and I knew the toy that they'd bought. And this was the distribution time. There's kids coming in. So many people were just so overwhelmed and so thankful, and there's, but there was somebody that didn't have a lot, and I remember them watching, and this one lady, this mom, who was just not in the right place. And she was like, oh, I don't want this for my kid. This isn't good enough. And I remember them sacrificing what they gave to their kid to buy this, and I could see this lady, and her, the tears almost welling in her eyes, and she was trying to fight them back, you know what I mean? And when people aren't thankful, I wonder how many times our God you know, he's given us such good gifts. And as we, his kids, we look and we say, whatever. This isn't good enough, God. This isn't, you haven't entrusted enough into me. You haven't given me as much as them. And, and you haven't given me, and this servant who shouldn't have had anything, all of a sudden had this huge, huge blessing. But all they could look at was how other people had different amounts than them. And I asked the question, do you start with a heart of thanksgiving in your life? Psalm 7, uh, 17 says, I will give the Lord thanks due his name. Is he, are you giving the Lord thanks that he's due in your life? Here's a few signs that I, I saw written down about uh, signs of discontentment or lack of thankfulness in our lives. Just a little inventory for you just to do a check here for a second. Number one, we shop when we have no money. Number two, we're embarrassed of the things or the items that we have. Number three, we start putting our possessions before people in our lives. Number four, we, we find ourselves trying to keep up with what our friends, neighbors, or relatives have just because we have to keep up. We find ourselves jealous of what others have. We don't use uh, the things that we buy. We are spending more than we make. We have feelings of, if only I had, then I would be happy. If only I had this, then I would really be happy. We look at friends or jobs or ministries as stepping stones. Uh, number 10, we, the things which once make us happy no longer do. Are we living content and thankful? Do we start with a posture? Any gift into your hand, I don't care what it is. Do you start with a, wow, God, I'm thankful. You know, this week I was going through the Tim Hortons drive through and I don't know who it was, but somebody in front of me, I didn't even catch the car. They paid for my bill. I got to the window and they said, the car in front of you, you paid for yours. And I was like, wow. I was blessed. And I want to tell you, if you don't start with being thankful for a coffee, you'll never be thankful for the car. Or you'll never be thankful for the, I want to fill in the blank. 
give that. Be thankful. Secondly, this morning, maximizing your treasure, uh, intentionally use it. You ever given somebody a gift and then they're just like, oh, thanks. And it sits there and they never open it and they never, they never like uh, use it or, or, or value it or, you know, they don't put it to work. They just pretend like you didn't give it to them. You know, my parents, they, you know, they get to that age and they've been given a lot and they have a lot of kids and grandkids now that come. And, and, and so every once in a while, I'll bug my parents and I'll be like, you know that present that we gave you for Christmas? It's still sitting in your room. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But could you imagine, you know, if you saved up and you worked hard to buy someone a gift and you gave them this gift and, and, and sacrificed it, here you go. And they said, oh, thanks. And then they just set it on the shelf. Remember the Christmas, we, Carla and I bought their kids this little electric race set, you know, like, uh, kind of like train sets, but the cars that you race around, and it was a Mario Kart one, and it was so cool, and, and the kids were so wanting it before Christmas, and we gave it to them, and it came in the coolest box ever, and they never really used the set at all, but they thought the box was awesome, and they played with the box, and we're like, oh. Are you intentionally using what God's put in your hands? The guy just buried it. He dug a hole, he buried it, and he pretended like the gift wasn't even there. And what in your life have you kind of set on the shelf? What in your life, when it comes to recognizing what God's given us into our hands, what God's entrusted to us, recognize your treasure. Don't hoard your treasure. I, by nature, can be a little bit of a hoarder. I, my wife's not, but I'm the guy that, like, ooh, we're going to need that someday. Let's hang on to that. What are some things in your life that maybe you need to release or pass on or bless others with? Cheryl Campbell was telling me a story of she works at Crossroads, and they had a pastor from a third world nation in and they were taking him around and doing the tour and everything and, and um, they had him in and at the end of it they'd taken him to some great sites and just shown him the best of you know around Canada Ontario and they said what was your favorite like what was the thing that most overwhelmed you what was the thing that you saw and he said he said oh they were like is it like Niagara Falls or was it when we took you to Cairns Wonderland or, like what was the thing that most overwhelmed you and he said you know what he said, to be completely honest, he said it was your garbage can. And they said, what? He said, yeah. He said, I just floored by your garbage can. He said, like, you guys throw out more than most families would have for a month in a, in a week. I'm not doing this to try and do a heavy like this. Please don't misunderstand me this morning. And it's not like a guilt-driven kind of idea. Please, please don't get that. But have you taken some things and buried them in your life? Some treasure? Has the things that God's entrusted to you and, and, and the treasure that God's given to you, are you kind of putting it to work or are you burying it and forgetting and living like you haven't been blessed? Intentionally used... Uh, give thanks, and then thirdly, this morning, further development. See, God has this moment where he praises, and he actually encourages the ones who did something, who developed the raw thing that he gave. He said, those who, you know, you took this, and, and you made it into this. 
And sometimes we mix up contentment with lack of motivation to move forward, and those are not congruent things. But in our lives, we, not, we constantly say, okay, God, if you've entrusted me with two, I'm going I'm to turn it into a four. God, if you've entrusted me with one, I'm going to turn it into a two. God, if you've entrusted me with five, I'm going to turn it into a ten. Are you developing the gift? See, every time when I give a gift, it's so great when people put it to work and see it stretched and used. The Christmas when I decided to give a, get a piano for our household. And my daughter, Grace, who's like gifted in music, and, and I didn't have a lot of money to buy the piano. And I remember I, I bought it from somebody and I didn't have all the money to pay, so I worked some of it off. Uh, and it was like a sacrifice. And I remember moving that piano into the house. And now when I come home and I see Grace like developing like that, I say, the extra sacrifice that it took to make that happen, the extra hours, the, 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 the other things. Oh, I'm so glad I entrusted that gift because it's being developed. Likewise, you know, my son. Skates are expensive. And I remember thinking, oh, should I just go for the cheats? Or should I buy him the good ones, you know? And I wrestled back and forth. And I got these new skates, and he's like, Dad, these ones feel so good. I can turn on them better than I, and I just see him developing, and he's like, oh. As he pushes forward, and you see it developing, he said, that was so worth it. That was worth it. What does God say about you with the talents he's put into your hands? Does he look at you and say, oh, that was so worth throwing the five down on them. That was so worth giving them a two. That was so worth putting the one into them because look at what they're doing. Look at how they're developing. Look at how they're growing. Look at how they're using. Look at how they're stretching. Look at how they're risking with it. Look at how they're putting it into work. Have investment. Be generous. Risk and try things. How are you growing what's into your hands? Is it investment or consumerism into your hands? Does it, are you investing in what God's put into your hands and saying, okay, I'm going to put this to work, or are you just frittering it away or, or sitting on it? Give thanks, intentionally use the treasure, further develop the treasure, and then finally this morning, trust God. We see a the real heart of the whole thing was a flawed view of the master. That the one who had won looked and he said, Master. The, the rest of them had saw the master as generous and a blessing. And he looked at, as the master had entrusted and given him this great treasure, this great gift. And he looked and thought, oh, why did you give me this? And saw it as saddled with hardship. some of you, you've looked and you've said, God, why don't I have what they have? God, why have you saddled me with this in my hands? God, I only have this. God, you've only blessed me with this. God, why don't I have that? If only I had. This scripture actually challenges, theologically, it pushes us a little bit. In the second half of verse 15, it says that, 
God gave to each one according to his ability. We say, well, are you saying that God, like, looked at and said they don't have the same capacity as them or that? It kind of looks that way. And we question the master and we say, why don't I have? But God in his graciousness knew that if he gave the one with one five, it would wreck him. And if he gave the one with two, two, and the one with five, if he gave one, he, he, he knew and he said, okay, I'm going to entrust according. Do you trust God with what he's put into your hand? Like at the fundamental core of you. Do you look at it and say, okay, God, this is what's into my hand today. I am going to trust you with it. I've used this illustration before, but I remember when Carla and I first, we were starting out pastoring, and we were in Englehart, and, you know, we didn't make a lot of money. It was tight. It was one talent living. <laughs> so we had 13500 was our annual salary. And making things stretch was tough. You know what? It was probably where I learned to trust God more in my life than ever before. We saw more miracles. We saw more blessings. We just saw the hand of God poured out in so many ways. It was crazy. It's kind of cool. We had Pastor Brent back here last week. And as Brent went to go, I kind of see Brent, Matt, and Carla and I when we first started. As he went up to Northern Ontario to pastor, and he's he took a significant pay cut. Now, not that what we were paying was all that awesome either. But he took a huge pay cut to go, and I remember talking through that with him, and he said, you know, like, Jay, this is, how are we going to live? And I said, Brent, trust God. Like, it's amazing how God comes through. He's like, seriously? And so we're talking through, and we have regular conversations. And he was saying, you know, Jay, I'm needing a vehicle, but we have no money. What's going to happen? I said, let's just pray. <coughs> you never know what God will do. As we talked through it, God blessed them with a the vehicle. And then they had another kid. And he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> Jay, I need a bigger vehicle now. <coughs> and I said, let's pray. And as I was here last weekend, and he was nervous about it. God blessed him. I'm not saying it always comes through in that way, but here's what I've recognized in my life. When I trust him with the one, or the two, or the three, whatever it is, or the five, he's faithful. He's a faithful God that loves me. And like I wouldn't probably trust my son right now and say, hey, here's my visa card, just go to the mall and go nuts, you know what I mean? Because because he's not ready for that capacity right now, but, uh, but I'll say, hey, Kel, here, here's 20 bucks, and, and if you're out with your friends, use what's necessary, and he'll come back with the change and say, thanks, Dad, and, and he trusts that I give him enough because I love him, and I want him to develop, and I want him to grow. So whatever capacity you have in your hands right now, and whatever God's entrusted to you, whether it's a one, a two, a five, a 10 or an 11 or, or wherever you're at, I want to challenge you and encourage you to look at it and say, God, I am forgiven. And on this Thanksgiving weekend, God, 
I'm going to trust what you've put into my hands. God, I'm going to look at the treasure that I've been given. God, and I'm going to see it as a gift. I'm going to give thanks. God, I'm not just going to hoard. I'm not just going to, you know, stockpile. But instead, God, I'm going to intentionally use. I'm going to put it to work, the gifting in my life. I'm going to further develop it, see it grow to greater things so that I can be a greater blessing and a faithful steward. And God, I'm going to trust you like never before. And I want to tell you, when you have that heart for gifts that God's put into your hands, you'll maximize your treasure. And God will bless you like never before. Can we pray? God, in a room this size, there's probably some that are really facing some stresses around treasure in the hands. And on a Thanksgiving, it might even be hard for some to be thankful today. God, help us to give thanks for the gifts you've given us. God, help us to intentionally use, help us to trust you. Help us to grow those things in our lives, God, and, and not just sit on them or bury them, but God, help us, God, to put it to work. God, I say thank you that in Canada we are so disproportionately blessed. But God, the sobering reality that with much that's given, God, much is required. And so, God, help us to use well the treasure you've entrusted to us. God, help us to, to take to new levels in you, God, the, the giftedness that you've given us. Lord, over this last few weeks that we've talked about the time, the talent, the treasure, God, help us to steward well, to steward well the blessings of this life. Especially on a Thanksgiving Sunday, we pray. Just with heads closed, or heads closed, with eyes closed and heads bowed, just to give privacy to those around. If you're here and you say, Jay, would you be praying for me this week? The, the treasure aspect is a real stress point in my life right now. It's, it's one of those areas that I need to learn to trust, or, or maybe I've been sitting on things, or whatever it is. And you say, Jay, would you just be praying for me this week? Because that's, that's an area that I need to kind of let the Lord speak in. Just with heads bowed, eyes closed, just kind of lift up. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, you see lots of us in the house. God, I pray on this Thanksgiving. Lord, help us to maximize the treasure you've given us. We commit it to your hands. In your name. Amen. Just as you go this morning, pretty simple take home and Ryan. Can you help me? Ryan is our intern extraordinaire, by the way. Can we just give a hand to this guy? Who, he's supposed to put in like 15 hours a week or something like that for internship, and I felt a little bad signing his hour sheet the other week because it was like more than a regular person's full-time job plus some. I think he put in the same amount that he has to do for his whole internship in one week. And so he's just a great uh, blessing. But he's going to come around and... Uh, as he does, here's what I want you to do this week. Just, I want you to take each day, if you can resist the urge to eat the chocolate, um, I want you to take, and if you can't, take two. Um, but I want you to take, just for a couple days this week, would you take one minute every day, one minute, just one minute, and I want you to just kind of roll this around in your hand, 
And for one minute, I want you to pray this prayer for the next three or four days. God, help me to maximize the treasure that you've put into my hands. God, help me to see the treasure, give thanks for it, intentionally use it, uh, begin to grow it in my life, and then to develop it, and then to trust you with it. Can you do that? That's, that's your homework this week. And your other homework is enjoy turkey. And uh, next week we start the, my favorite series of the year. I'm really believing God's going to speak to some. We're talking about desperate prayers of the heart. And uh, so that's going to be next week. We start that. We're at the rink, remember. And thanks for being with us. Go in the grace and the peace, the provision and the trust of our Lord and Savior. Be blessed.